You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at REMAX Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at REMAX Advantage Plus. Hello. Good morning or good afternoon to you. Late afternoon, isn't it? Yeah, three o'clock back in Italy. Just got off a plane. I'm happy to be back in the apartment. Fast Wi-Fi. I can speak normal now. I'm, I'm nice. glad. I'm happy. Now you sounded kind of like one of those predators from uh, that. Remember Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, Predator? Yep. That's what you sounded like a few times. Just saying. So we're we're missing somebody here. I know. But I'll tell you what. He, uh, his, uh, yeah, there he is. There, there he is. I, um, the reason we're missing him is because he is on a flight to Florida because his daughter's playing in a volleyball tournament. And so oh. I, uh, remember those days very well and, uh, I'm totally all for it. So I told him he's, he was pretty upset because his wife, uh, set him up uh, during this time, but I said, you got to do it. You got to take advantage of it. What is that coach? What's it? Yeah, she's college. Is it Augustana? She's a volleyball player. So exactly what I was trying to get your sister to do, but she wouldn't do it. And she's having fun, Arizona. Yeah, too much fun. Yeah, I got a, I got a couple of videos from my last days in Spain in Sevilla. Plaza España. Is that uh seems like yeah, everywhere you go there's a canoe that is is paddling away and cobblestone walkways. A lot of Europe, yeah. Last thing right here is the old uh, kind of mosque fortress thing. It's a beautiful city. I really enjoyed it. Pretty hot, but I mean, a place I could definitely live. I can't even imagine if there was something like that in the United States, what the property values would be in an area like that. I mean, because you just you just don't get that. I mean, and right now to create that type of infrastructure, I mean, would be, you know, not affordable at all. <laughs> because that stuff is from hundreds and hundreds of years ago. That's that's still sometimes there. thousands. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I uh, you know, what about pricing? Have you ever checked into that? Like, what stuff does cost to buy and purchase? Yeah, I mean, not not crazy. I saw some apartments there in decent areas, two hundred thousand euros, two hundred fifty thousand dollars. That's to purchase it, right? Yeah, buy a flat out. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it's it's interesting too. I've worked with uh, uh, clients from Canada, from Australia, and. Um, our language is a little different. Like, so you call them apartments and we would call them condos or townhouses here. An apartment is something that you rent in America and over there, it's something that you purchase. And yeah, they call them like flats or they call this like a, a home where I'm in right now, it's a home, but to me, it's apartment, two bedroom, kitchen. And is it multi levels, stories? Yeah, there's like, I think four or five. Yeah stories in, in one so there's five units in one building oh more than that i mean just i'm saying five levels i think there's okay there's way more other homes yeah okay okay cool get a little international flavor here on the real estate radio hour let's get to work we're not we don't we don't have to talk about the market no market talk well what we'll do is we'll just um ditto from the last four weeks so i think it's same the thing. exact same thing you know um we're seeing you know it's it's about uh, coming on to labor day weekend hopefully uh the market kind of picks up again after there is there is price points that are going well uh that are hitting but uh for the most part it's just it's just slowed down a little um and i think people it's just getting back to back to school check out the state fair i heard those numbers are down though uh but we're still going. We're still listing stuff. We're getting things on ready for the uh, the fall market, uh, which typically is a real good thing. Luxury luxury homes 
especially on lakefront, are very good in the fall. And it's, what happens is that people have been looking all year long, and then it's kind of like, I haven't found it, I haven't found it, it'll come, it'll come, it'll come, and all of a sudden it doesn't come, and then they start grabbing because they don't want to miss another year. So hopefully that will be uh, something that uh, strikes up again. So I got a couple of them coming on. Going back to that little international talk, um, a lot of people spend a lot of their money on their rent. I have a friend in Barcelona that makes maybe 1,500 euros a month, and she spends 1,200 euros on rent. And this is somewhat similar to what's happening now in America, where millennials and people my age are losing hope in owning property. And I would like to get your advice and help give us hope that we can still buy property. Yeah, you guys got to start working. You know, if you start working, you start making some money, then you can buy something. No, <laughs> but uh, there, oh, there he is. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I don't know. I, I think there is, um, I was talking to a gal yesterday at my at my other office, uh, which is Buffalo Wild Wings. This one happened to be in Chan Hansen. And uh, I was talking to her and she was saying how she is moving in two weeks to go to Florida and uh, just kind of enjoy life. And I think there's something to say about doing that um, early on rather than later on. And, and I always said, oh, grab a house as quick as you can. And, and if you can, and own it and then rent it, but go out and do the stuff you're doing. I mean, it's, it's just like yourself, Nick. Um, you know, I mean, living the life that, I mean, very rare can anyone live that type of life. And uh, I don't think that's anything any millennial uh, is going to regret. And I said that same thing to this girl that, you know, you get a chance, uh, you know, because all of a sudden you just start working, you start having a family, you start having kids. And it's 20, 25 years later. And then it's like, well, you know what? I'm still on my job. I still got to wait till I get to retirement. I'll get a pension. And then you'll get your, you know, at the end of that. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, I can't really travel. It's too hard. I don't want to do it. You never do it. So uh, it's not a bad thing in which to uh, try to do it now, but if you want, uh, trying to buy a house and doing rentals because rentals are huge right now. And I know, you, Nick, you're talking about it. You've experienced that life uh, a ton about, you know, and, and seeing how hostels work. And now you've talked about maybe purchasing a hostel. And I think it's interesting, I told the same to, to this girl, as I said, you know, you guys know, I mean, this is what you want when you, when you invest in something, you got to understand what your client is doing, okay, and what they want. And so what is it that when you go on vacation, what are the, the expats or, you know, the nomad type people looking for in a place? And will they pay extra for that? Or what will they pay? What accommodations that you have to give them uh, will work? And then you create that for them, you know, and you know, there's there's ways in which to be able to do it. I mean, finding uh, investors, people, older people are always excited about young kids that are excited and, and want to go after something. You know, you could go and, you know, make a deal with your, your parents or uh, an investor and just say, hey, uh, you know what? I want to buy a hostel. Here's my here's my business plan. You know, I'll, I'll let you in it. You, you finance it, whatever, however we split it. But there's a lot of people that'll do that. So that's another... Uh, way that you can kind of go after trying to um, create some sort of wealth, but yet still live your life and uh, enjoy it and, and take advantage of everything that you guys have to offer you, uh, offer out there. So that's good advice for me, but like a, a lot of millennials, it's like 20, 30 years ago, I mean, you could be making, you know, 40, $50,000 and you can get a nice property and, and put everything down. And now it seems like it's a lot harder for people to own property like what advice can you give to those that are struggling to to get that or to get like a decent property not you know a crappy one well i think there's some give and take in that um you know i think a lot of the kids want to be next to the action and have that but i was just talking to a a, a guy who uh parents are selling a house in staples minnesota for seventy five thousand dollars it was a pretty dang nice house that in downtown uh minneapolis you'd be paying 350 for it you know now who wants to be in who wants to be in staples minnesota sorry but uh there's not not a heck of a lot going on in there but or else you just kind of you you push out a little I have another client uh that was trying to stay in and around chan hassan couldn't do it for what 
you know, he'd have for 300,000, what he would get and how he could even get it because it was just crazy is that he moved outside of the metro area, thus being able to get what's called a USDA loan. And he was able to get in for 0% down, bought a brand new construction house out in Green Isle and uh, a, a fantastic deal, you know, to be able to do that. And, and things, that's what happens is things will have to start moving out. Now, yeah, does he have a 30 minute drive to work every day? He does. But, uh, you know, he's got a he's got a brand new place and uh, it was a, a new construction. So we didn't have to compete against 50 other people. And by doing uh, the USD loan, USDA loan, he's got going to have five, six thousand dollars into the whole thing. So you don't have have to have a ton of money in which to do it. Interest rates are low. His payment is way lower than what his rent would have been. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's kind of kind of uh, give and take on that stuff. What do you think about like when the baby boomers start dying off or start retiring into smaller places and selling their real estate? Because I, I saw a graph somewhere that the baby boomers had like trillions in real estate right now. I mean, do you think things are going to start really correcting when, when they start dying out or as the years go by? No, I don't. I mean, there's obviously there's there is a serious need for uh, housing uh, in a market that's more you know, um, level uh, for buyers and sellers. And when that happens, you know, the, the pricing gets better. But <clears throat> I don't know if, if that'll happen or not. I think in, in a way, I think there's uh, some, and I'm not a baby boomer uh, yet, but, uh, or I'm not a baby boomer. I don't know what the heck I am. But um, I think that kids will start seeing it and they'll, they'll, they'll get these places, uh, inherit them. Uh, and most of those people, that's it's all paid off. So then it's kind of one of those things, well, gosh, should we just hang on to it? Should we move into it? Should we just rent it out? You know, and that's a great investment in which to be able to have. And so I just, I don't think, you know, a whole bunch of baby boomers are going to die off and the market is going to get flooded with a bunch of houses. So let's go into our, our next topic. It's Andy's analogy, but you can take it. I got to do Andy's Andy's work. What do home appraisers look for in a house to determine its value? What do home appraisers look for? Okay, perfect. Uh, a lot of times, this is this is kind of the rub that we end up having uh, with appraisers is that a lot of things are are based on square footage and how they use it. And we all know that it's not how big your house is; it's what you put in your house. So if I have uh, you know a three thousand square foot home, that's just kind of uh, you know, uh, fit and finish is decent, but it's not great. And all of a sudden I, I do another house that I've totally landscaped the outside. I've got uh, $50,000 worth of appliances in it. I went all high end, sub-zero wolf type ranges and, uh, you know, versus a normal kitchen where you might get a really nice kitchen appliance package for $8,000. But if you really up it, it's $40,000. Well, there's value in that for uh, purchasers. But it's hard for appraisers to be able to um, uh, get that value in uh, where it sits, you know, and what neighborhood it's in uh, is a big is I mean, is a big thing. And it could be a, a detrimental thing. Uh, I think it's really important for us realtors to be able to help the appraisers out. We, we got to work together, not against each other and uh, explain, you know, why we got what we got. So there's a lot of appraisal issues uh, during this little boom and, and, and prices going crazy. And we were having problems with uh, appraisals meeting the value and then deals falling apart. But helping the appraisers, because what they what they have to do is the appraisers really got a lot on them now. They they got kind of hit with this whole, we had a big issue before. And uh, the appraisers were kind of, um, not all of them, but some were in on, you know, just pushing the values way up and then the values weren't there. And so they, they put all these rules in place. And uh, I think the big thing is with an appraiser is that they're kind of held liable now. So you need to help them justify that the value they're doing is going to be good. Now, it helps a lot with appraisals if uh, your buyer is putting a lot more money down. That that That's a real big thing uh, to be able to do it because sometimes they'll just waive the appraisal uh, in general. And sometimes when you're a bet in, in a good area and maybe your house isn't as big, you know, it, it might just get uh, passed through because, hey, I put 20% down. It's in a really good area. Boom, we don't have to worry about it. It's, a, it's called an appraisal waiver. So 
Um, but typically it's square footage is where we usually have the problem uh, with, with that. But again, we're, we've been very lucky. Uh, I've only had one appraisal. We knew that appraisal wasn't going to happen. We accounted for it on the purchase agreement, but uh, only had one that I wasn't able to justify uh, in the price we got. And, you know, when, you, when you're marketing them right now, uh, we we're just I was just talking to a client last night and <clears throat> talking about values and what the list price has kind of turned into is more of a suggested area that we're listing the house in. And uh, you can kind of uh, work it from there. And so now the key is, is how do you get it in there to be able to try to get the most excitement, thus get the most offers. And I've kind of got a thing where I want to get these guys to push these guys uh, on value. And typically, if you get these guys to push these guys, they start paying more uh, for the for the property. But in doing that, you might have to be a little smarter on how you're listing uh, and, and what price that you're listing at. So it's... Uh, but then at that point, so now all of a sudden we, we do that, we get someone that's super excited and goes really heavy at it. Now we might potentially have an appraisal problem. You know, I always tell my sellers, everyone says, oh my gosh, what if it doesn't appraise for that? Well, what? okay, let's just give it to them for cheaper then at the beginning. I mean, why would you do that? You know, let's see what happens. I mean, we're gonna, we gotta try to be able to do it and justify it and really good luck in being able to do that. And you just meet with the appraisers and the appraisers are smart. They, they, they're not dumb. I just had an appraiser send me some stuff the other day. They were kind of doing some things and just kind of want an opinion from a realtor. And I mean, they're, they are not dumb people. They are very smart people. And uh, typically they're, I mean, I would say an appraiser in, in our industry, when you look at all the people that are involved in it, uh, have a, I think a higher level of uh, knowledge than, than most people in the industry from realtors to lenders uh, to a, um, uh, title, title companies are, are really good too, but Andy probably wouldn't like that. He likes to fight with appraisers, but, um, so you just gotta be, you know, you, you gotta be able to justify it. That's what appraisal does. But I, I do want to say that appraisal, the appraisal does not determine value. If that makes sense, the appraisal does determine value for the bank. So the bank is lending you money. So they want to know what the heck they think that property is worth. So when people say, well, we'll have an appraisal and we'll determine what it is, that's not what a property is worth. What a property is worth is what a buyer is willing to pay for it and a seller is willing to sell it for it. That's, that's value. That's what, the, that's what it's worth. That's market value. Um, and then there's things called uh, tax value, assessed value. That's just what the county is saying your house is worth so they can tax you. And then there's appraised value. And the appraised value is what that bank wants, says that house is worth. And then based on whatever that says, is that that's what they'll lend you off of. So. I have such cooler music than Andy's analogy, but anyways, why building right now is crazy. You should not build. Why would you ever want to build right now? And uh, I think a lot of people say that, but but a lot of people are building right now, and why are they doing it? Some are built doing it because of uh, you know the shortage of inventory out there right now, and that they uh, it's easier to be able to get into the building, even though it's not. It takes a lot longer in which to be able to do it. But the other thing is, is that we're in a time right now that if you look at building and long term, get exactly what you want. Okay, uh, this is what I want. There's there's a lot of money in the market uh, that that people have and the interest rates are super low, so look at building right now as maybe a long term solution versus like you know what, yeah I might pay a hundred grand more I might pay a hundred and fifty grand more, on uh, because of uh, you know things are uh, you know labor and labor and uh, materials are more expensive, but you're gonna get exactly what you want. You're gonna you're gonna uh, reduce uh, maintenance right off the beginning. So let's just say you buy an existing house, you know that's maybe 10, 15 years old. You know you get 15 years of wear and tear on that house. That on this new one, you're gonna have 15 years. So now it's like, hey, that's 10,000 a year in maintenance. You know that I'm not gonna have to deal with. And so now that justifies that 150,000. But I think the other big thing is, is you get exactly what you want. Many people go into houses and they kind of want to make them their own. 
And so they're going to modify them somehow, some way. Now there's some that are great and you move right in and, and you want to be able to do it, but there's, there's something to say about, you know, making it into your own. That's why I also like um, homes that have maybe um, been built, you know, a while ago, 10, 15, 15, maybe even 20 years ago, and that they haven't finished like a basement. That gives the opportunity for someone to come in and put their own stamp on it. It's kind of like it's a it's an open canvas that they can kind of uh, redo and kind of make it that 2020 and blend everything in. Uh, so I think just from to me that the whole building right now is crazy because people are saying that just like, why would we do that? I mean, because everything's great, bad right now, but boy, you're going to lock into a nice low interest rate uh, to be able to do it. You're going to get exactly what you want and you're going to be able to be pretty much maintenance free, hopefully um, for 10, 15 more years down the line. You know, there is warranties on new construction and um, you know, and the other part is, is, and I, I was stuck on this for a long time, is that I'm not putting any money into something unless it's gonna pay me back a lot of money. And sometimes you just gotta enjoy it, you know, and, and enjoy where you live and, and what you like. And I hope uh, uh, Christine is not watching this right now because we move a lot. And, uh, but I like that too. I like to move, I like to like to get going, but um, doing stuff and finding stuff that you actually do enjoy and that you like. and you know, being able to put that into your house. So uh, for me, that was a, a screen porch. I never had, I moved 19 times. I never had a screen porch, which is, seems crazy because I always wanted one, but uh, now I got one and I think they're absolutely awesome. Now I work a little too much. And it's hard to get kind of to it and uh, enjoy it, but um, I do have it and I, and I can use it. So anyways, I think my, my little rant will end with, uh, I think I would really kind of reconsider the whole building right now is crazy uh, for those exact reasons. I think it's uh, I think it's a good thing to do. We have a bunch of people that are doing it and they're making some pretty darn cool things and how they're creating these things uh, and houses and, and getting exactly what they want. Let's go back to the, the rental. Um, if everyone is in a mad dash to buy a home, then why are rental apartment prices also through the roof? <laughs> well, because there is none. There's not many left. And that's the problem. And you see it uh, in Minneapolis. I was out showing the other day to a, a, a young couple, super cool, only 23 years old, uh, looking for a place. And we were looking uh, throughout Minneapolis. Of the six that we showed, five of them were vacant and they were all... Uh, former rentals. Um, I talked to uh, two of those agents and uh, I mean, it's just the same thing I hear every time is that these uh, landlords got stuck into uh, a rental during the COVID thing. The people didn't pay, wouldn't get out, then finally did and say, you know what, uh, I'm done. I mean, the market is good right now. I'm going to take my money and run. Well, that means there's uh, five, six rentals that just left the market right there and people have to go somewhere. And so where do they live? There's a lot of landlords out there, me included, that aren't renting out their places right now because they're not going to just let people live there for free and not pay and then just ruin the place. You know, it just it makes zero sense whatsoever. Um, so or they're going to just if they're going to rent, they're going to get paid for it. You know, this all, all this stuff has an after effect. You know, you put this stuff in place. And if you don't pay people and you know um you you hold everything against them how the heck are they going to make any money or make it make sense to them why would i have a rental property that just sits there that i let people live there for free and i pay for them to live there it's i mean it's crazy and that's what's happening and i'm telling you it's going to be a problem and there's not going to be rentals and then they're going to do something else and then it's just it's a vicious weird cycle and, and the thing is is that the people that are trying to help they hurt because all that's going to do is we're just going to raise the prices because we can. Do you, do you think they'll put caps on it? <laughs> yeah, that'll probably be next. But then everyone will just sell them, you know, and then it'll be all just corporate housing and they can buy it and, and do it. I mean, and maybe that's what's trying to go on right now. I don't know what's happening. But I I mean, I think there'll, there are no question cities will, um, you know, but th that's that's the other misnomer, you know. I mean, they have uh, whatever, all the other money, um, Section 8 money and 
all of that. I mean, we had that in our apartment buildings and we got way more money for our apartments, you know, so it's not, it's, it's not like it's, it's for the renters again. It's not, it's, it's being able to get the renters up there. So it's paying the people that own these places. You know, we got higher rent because we were willing to take section eight. And then, so we, so when we got higher rent, when we sold it, our numbers were higher. So we got more money than an apartment building that was literally right next to us that we got $400,000 more than what they got. And their apartments were better, but our rents were, were better. So it, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a messed up uh, thing. And then what does it do? I mean, section eight just makes you kind of stay in there and, uh, and that's what you're going to say. And, you know, they're paying for it. And then you don't really have any push to be able to make, make it better. So. Do you think the government have any, the government have any people that know housing like on, on board or yeah. like they don't understand this? No, I, well, I know. I think they very well understand it. I think they know exactly what they're doing, you know, cause it only makes sense that, uh, you know, you build these big places, even, um, housing that is, um, you know, that might have a cap on it. They'll give them tax incentives in which to be able to do it. You know, they're going to make their money regardless because someone's got to do it. Someone has to build it. So it's either the government does it or someone else does. And there's no investor out there or a big corporation that's going to do it for the fun of it. This is, this is, why, why would I do it? I mean, I'm going to do it to make money. And that's what they're doing. They're making money. And so and who's getting in the, in the end, who's getting it? Just let us handle it. It'll, it, it usually works out. Keeping and maintaining clients. 30 years in the business, how do you do it? 32. Uh, do what you say you're going to do, number one. And uh, know what the heck you're doing. <laughs> I think that's the biggest thing, providing value. Uh, people want, uh, they're not afraid to pay for value. You know, if you don't, uh, you know, our, the way we get paid is um, commission. And that's a big hot topic and everyone wants it less. And I can't blame them. Why would you blame them? But I always kind of try to tell people that it's it's more about uh, what you're getting for what you're paying. And is, is that worth it? You know, there's, I, I say in the middle of a transaction, I mean, one or 2% goes like that. Uh, it, it can disappear in, in negotiations or how you prepared the house or how um, the paperwork was set up for even later on after the closing. So I think sometimes you get what you pay for. Um, I've had that before where uh, past clients um, have gone uh, elsewhere and uh, and they were back <laughs> because at, at the end, it's just like, oh my gosh. I mean, yeah, okay. So maybe it was to pay them was $6,000 more in which to be able to do it. But we wouldn't have had this problem. We would have closed on time and we wouldn't have had this person come back to us because the contract wasn't written right. So, um, you know, commission's negotiable. You get what you pay for. Um, but keeping and maintaining clients is, is, is keeping them happy. And, uh, you know, and, and I, I don't think it's, it's like, Hey, we have to be best friends every single day in which to be able to do it. Um, I'm very, uh, uh, I guess for me, I'm very, uh, what's the word, uh, confidential. I think that's a big thing. I've gotten a lot of, um, friends and family that have worked with me because I don't talk about it. You know, what we talk about is what we talk about. If you want to go talk to somebody else about it, you certainly can. But it's not I, it's not my job to be able to go and talk about it and say, oh, my gosh, you know, Susie um, got a new job and she's now she's making this much money. You know, you can't do that. So um, confidentiality is a big thing. And then and knowing what the heck you're doing, I think is, a, 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 I mean, it's the most important thing uh, in real estate for sure. Perfect. Let's answer a couple questions here before we go into the market this segment. Are there any retirement communities in Southwest Metro area? Well, it depends. I mean, I don't uh, communities versus um, uh, areas. Um, I mean, there's good there. There's I think retirement is a, uh, it's kind of a, a word <laughs> that uh, means a lot to a, a lot of different people. And so if, if a retirement community is, Hey, there's a whole, a whole bunch of retired people in there and they go and play cards, uh, during the day versus, you know, Hey, I, I'm retiring to, uh, you know, uh, a complex. It's usually the complexes are 
association um, maintained. So there's not a lot of work you want you to do. You can leave and, and be able to go somewhere else. And um, But there's also retirement areas that include assisted living. Um, and, and there's a ton of them. I mean, if you talk the Southwest, the Southwest metro area, I mean, there's a lot of money in, in those areas. And uh, a lot of that money is getting to that, that age. And so those things are being created. We get a real cool little um, community. It's, it's kind of turning into a, um, over in, in Savage, but it's a small community. It's a, it's 20 units, um, really luxury type uh, condo, condo uh, units on, on water, but they have, uh, you know, they can go out and uh, go on the water and canoe and paddleboard and uh, kayak. And then they've got uh, pickleball, a little pickleball court that's going up, you know, and people are paying between 800 and a, a million one uh, in this area, but it's kind of like, it's, it's that, we're finishing up work. We're getting ready to be able to kind of uh, flip over to, um, you know, another destination probably in the winter. But uh, there's a there's a ton of stuff. I mean, going into each one, it, it, that's hard. But uh, there's a ton of areas in the southwest southwest metro that kind of fit every uh, every aspect of who you are and what you're trying to uh, accomplish for sure. It's a good question because we're gonna do uh, a market this on a. A golf course property. Do golf course properties hold value in a down market? Um, yeah, absolutely. I think right now, um, well, I mean, in a down market. Okay, I was just I, I read that wrong. Like we're talking now, but um, yeah, I mean they they I mean they can go down. But I'll tell you what. To me, I think what happens with a golf course community. I think sometimes people rely a little too much on the golf course golf course part versus um, keeping their house maintained and updated as well. Uh, because I think they think, hey, we're on a golf course, we should be able to get get around it. Um, that has happened. I've got two examples, uh, the Wilds and uh, Legends Golf Course, that um, you know the houses are absolutely stunning, beautiful. But they were also done you know, 15, 20 years ago and not really updated and you know, comparing to some new construction stuff. So, uh, both of those areas are kind of in in the process of kind of flipping over, um, of fixing up and uh, creating something uh, to their value. So I think, you know, in general, um, you know, I, I don't think if in a down market, golf course, the golf course isn't going to save you, I guess, is what I'm saying. And then sometimes it, and it might hurt you depending on, you know, what the association fees are and uh, how good of shape the golf course is in because down market usually means that the, the economy is down and there's some issues and maybe people aren't golfing as much. And so they're not maintaining this much. Anytime you're in an association or something, you got to depend on other people. You know, those are the things that can happen to you. You know, all of a sudden the golf course is bad and they start taking off the maintenance crew and they only water every other day and they mow every other day. And all of a sudden that, that course is destroyed. No one goes there your value is going to get hit really hard. Our, our interior slider. Greg Greg's on fire here today. You want to read that question? Are interior sliding barn doors still hot or not? I think used correctly, they're still hot. Uh, I think sometimes they were getting, uh, I think when they become not is when you have about five of them everywhere and you're trying to, you're trying to make a statement. And I, I think they're more of a, a a subtle decoration versus a you know a use. So getting barn doors because hey you think they're easier to use versus it's a, it's a flare. It's a it maybe maybe you have an enamel white house and you put in a, a super cool uh, Nadia Alder barn door to be able to kind of reflect off one of your railings or something like that or to complement your floor. That's when I I think they're hot, uh, but when they're when they're not is when I think when you overdo it and, and try too much of it, or it's not done um, with the right size. Where some people would just sit there and try to um, put them on in every uh, closet, you know. And when when you start doing that, that room might not be big enough for it. It might become bulky and make make that room look smaller. So. I think uh, interior barn doors can certainly still be hot and, and people are using them, but in a subtle way and, and a, a more of a, a design 
statement uh, than a, a use type thing. Last one. Can you explain how a two four six commission works? Okay, I uh, I, I assume uh, you know everyone has different ways in which to do um, commission programs. So I I think the six would be that hey, that's a full service type thing where you know another agent comes in and uh, they represent the buyer. They get paid. The listing agent gets paid. Uh, the four part might be that let's just say a buyer shows up and the listing agent is the only one there they might do the commission at four percent instead and then it becomes a dual agency type thing where they represent both both parties and they can't represent uh, either to the detriment of the other i'm going to make a little statement about that four thing is uh if that if that's the case and you're doing dual agency it's way harder in which to do and i always tell people they say hey you know what what happens if you do both sides of the deal and i say i should get paid more <laughs> because it's it's really difficult in which to be able to do that and uh, represent both party um, uh, the right way without um, hurting the other party in there. So it's not a very good thing. And then um, the 2%, uh, some people have it where if the seller finds somebody and they just want uh, the realtor to basically uh, take care of all the paperwork and all that kind of stuff, they might pay them the 2%. So that's typically when I, when I see that, that's that's how it works. Um, but the thing is, is that um, you can play all around with all these numbers, you know, and say two, four, six. The odds of the seller selling themselves are probably nil. Um, the odds of the agent doing a dual agency thing is maybe 5%. And so they know they're going to get the 6%. And so it's just, it's kind of one of those things uh, that it's it just, it's kind of, um, I think you got to look at the end part of it, not worry so much about what the realtor's getting. I mean, obviously you have to, you have to know what your costs are and stuff like that, but look at how much they can get you and what they're going to do to be able to get you that versus how you can try to get the commission down and work it. Because this is a great example of just, I'll, I'll tell you what you want to hear. Hey, hey, I'll tell you what, Greg, you know what? If you even sell it yourself, I'll only do it for 2%. And if I have someone else come in here, you know, I'm going to hold open houses and I'll do it and you'll get it for 4%. And if you don't, hey, we got another agent at 6%. Well, 90% of the time, 95% of the time, it will be 6% of the deal. So, um, but how about this? Why don't you go to an agent and say, you know what, Chris, I know this is a risk versus reward thing because agents, I mean, that if you look at the commission, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of money. It really is. And, um, but it's kind of like I go in and I say, okay, if I go in there and I market the whole property and we get a buyer that comes in there and you and that buyer agree on a deal and it closes at that time, I get paid. Why don't we do this? Hey, I'll do all this stuff for you. Why don't you just pay me this much up front and guarantee me that I'm going to get it? I'll guarantee you, you get that commission a lot lower because it's risk versus reward. If there's no risk in it, you know, then we can kind of take it and say, you know what, here's the type of hours in the, that we have into this, this thing. And here's what we'll charge you in which to be able to do that. And there's for sale by owner things that do that, you know, but the thing is, is that on that, and I'm telling you, I, even for my own stuff, I don't negotiate my own stuff. It's too hard. When you negotiate your own stuff, you're 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 biased, and you don't look at it in a way, you know. And and for me, I usually give my stuff away more, versus being dumb and trying to get as much as I possibly get. You know, I need another agent in the middle of it that can kind of take that that uh, you know that oh they think my house is not worth it. That's wrong. I'm not going to deal with them. You know, you have to, you got to take that out of the equation. So. Perfecto. Let's move into market this. This is a great segment. A lot of people like this. Our views are crazy when we clip it. We're going to the, to the golf course. So. A golf course. Yep. Is Blaine? I'm doing Blaine. Oh my goodness. This this is what Andy's supposed to be doing, Mr. Nick. Can you handle but, it? Well, yeah. I, I I mean, to me, uh, see, look at that golf course for Andy. So, uh, anyways, it's uh, you know, I don't the the northern area I don't know as well, but um, for me, I mean, I would uh, if you make that picture bigger of the house. I mean, it's a beautiful uh, beautiful setting. You know, right there, it's a walkout rambler. It's got a pool, it's got a pond, and it's got the golf course. 
and it was canceled at 8.50. So I'm going to have to uh, keep going through these pictures, and I'll try to figure out uh, what, what, what went wrong here. So, okay, go back to go back once. Go to picture two. Next one. Okay, so at this point, I would I would really try to be calling out where the house is, where it sits. I think it's that one, um, kind of towards towards the middle. But I, I would show that just to kind of get. I, I kind of lose it. I lose like my perspective of where the house is when you went from those pictures, uh, and then had this one. So it's just. I think it's just good to be able to, uh, you know, kind of point that out, even if it's a little arrow that you put on there. Okay, keep going. You see uh, Minneapolis in the background. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Here, here's the other thing. Remember what I was just talking about on, on a golf course? It depends how they take care of it. Do you see any grass that might be a little, need, need a little help? Yeah. yeah. So on this, maybe that's not probably the best way in which to showcase this is to be able to let them see oh, what the heck's wrong with that golf course. Now they're looking at that that they're looking at that golf course piece versus that water that it's on instead. So you might uh, you might want to think that. And that's what that's what happens in this real estate thing is everyone says, "Oh, I'm going to do aerial photography for you." If aerial photography doesn't help you, don't do it. You know, I mean, typically you want to be able to see this golf course, but you can kind of get the same feel with a drone going right down the fairway with your drone on the nicest part of the golf course to be able to kind of. Um, uh, state your point. Okay, so that picture's a little better. Yeah, I'd be trimming up that tree, the front of the tree, so it blocks the house. It makes it look a little smaller, or just get it from a different angle. Maybe take it from the far right or from the far left because that's an end load garage. Okay, what do, what do you see here? You answer that, Nick. What is it? What's the main thing you see right there? The tree. The tree. Okay, so the tree takes away from that house. And that's a nice big rambler, you know, that, I mean, in, in some cases, if you can't trim up that tree to the right way, I get people to take it out and remove it. Because, I mean, it's, it's what is it? I mean, that's exactly what you're looking at. That's the first thing your eyes go to. And it, you can't have a tree be the thing your eyes go to when you're trying to sell a house. If you're trying to sell a tree, that might be not a bad thing. Why is the tree even there? Just... Because what people do is they, they put them in at the beginning and then they overgrow and then they don't take care of them. I'm telling you, overgrown trees and bushes are the biggest problem that's out there. I, I mean, from curb appeal. And we always go in and people are like, oh, my gosh, you can't tell me to cut down trees. And I was like, yeah, I'm telling you to cut down trees because it's only going to help you. You got to get it away from the house. And a lot of people, you know, because when it was young and little landscape, you're trying to make that house look, get some color. So you put the trees real close to the house. You know, and then all of a sudden now they start growing into the house and now it's a problem. Okay, keep going. That's a cool front stairway. Okay, so in here, uh, I think this is a, a, a 101 thing that you get the rug out of there. It, it'll look, if the, if the rug is gone on this picture, it looks much bigger. You know, that whole wood floor just seems a lot uh, bigger. And this is a, I, I assume they're going to kind of go through the house chronologically, which is good, meaning that it uh, takes you into the front door and then lets you kind of experience the house um, as you would actually walk through it. So let's see if that's the case. Okay, so now I, that looks like the rug. So now see how it now. Okay, so that's the rug of the foyer. But it takes you a little while in which to be able to kind of determine, okay, where am I? I thought maybe in this left corner where that little rug is, that might have been where um, the foyer was coming in, but it's really where this this rug is. So I think if that rug would have been gone, I think it just would have made this house look a lot bigger. Okay, so now where are we again? Okay, now we're now we're in the dining room. There's that foyer rug again. So we're trying to be able to get a view. But where does your eyes, Nick? Go back once. Where does your eyes want to go in this house? What are, you, what are you looking, what is it that you want to see? The water. You want to see that water in those windows. It's amazing. So it might be really good to be able to get to there a little, little quicker, you know, because as, as me, I'm like, okay, I'm going to flip through these other pictures. I'm getting past this to be able to get to it. So sometimes you want to give them the, the juice, you know, and then bring them back. 
So we do a lot of our videos like that where we hit on all the good stuff so they see it, it intrigues them, and then they can stay for the whole thing. So on this one, I'm not going to get, let's see how, how long it takes to be able to get to the money shot. Okay, there's another one. So we're still not there, still not there, still not there. Okay, now we're getting, okay, there, now we're starting to get somewhere. So it took me, what, 14 photos to be able to get somewhere to be able to get that, that money shot. And uh, this isn't a great money shot, but that view would be a really good money shot. So you might want to try yeah, that one. That one you might want it to be able to um, capture. I think sometimes, um, you know, you, you look at that TV. So a lot of times what will happen is that the, the, the photographer will actually put something on that TV. Sometimes it distracts. And so in this case, it distracts because what I want to see is I want to see that outside. I want, I'd rather have that, that, um, that water a little bluer and that grass a little greener. And then I'm going to get rid of that mirror that's over the stairway too because it confuses me. I want I want to see that outside. And I think that's just so important. So yeah, actually, if you kind of go in there, Nick, kind of just keep bringing it right with those windows right in the middle. Keep coming back. Yeah, okay, right there. Is that a little different feeling of that room? I mean, that's that's what you want right there. That's That's the money shot, you know? And now it's like, oh my gosh, I saw, I thought I saw that from the aerial, you know, with that pool. And now look at what I'm looking over. You know, that's, that's, you, you got it. That's a lifestyle. You're, you're, you're doing that the Now the house is totally different again. You know, I mean, because it's now all of a sudden it becomes a little dated, you know, if that railing is painted white or something, I mean, it would totally change the whole look of it. So do you think too, all these little things on the, look at that thing on that table, you know, when you're showing it, that's a great thing to have on the table. But now I'm trying to figure out what the heck is that? Is that like a, is it a cake that's got a cover over it with some plants flying out of it? And when you get people start thinking that way, that's not what you want. You want them concentrating on the great nature views that are out there. What I'm getting from you is make it crystal clear what you want them to see. Showing you can dress it up and make it cozy, but here, just get their focus to the main parts. Lead them to the conclusion that gets you value, shows the value. And if they keep thinking about, oh my God, this view is unreal, you know, maybe they just don't have good furniture. You know, versus, but look at this place. Look, look what it could be. And and I think that's another thing with the staging, um, blocking those windows. I mean, for me to get to those windows and look out, it's going to take a little obstacle course to get there. You know, so I want to be able to open that up so I can go right to those windows. I want a direct line, beeline to that because that's what that's what the sale is. Most likely, I don't know if there's something else in this house. It's real busy, isn't it? See, that's when you put that, like that rug that's under that table that just adds to the busyness. Then you, then you see the TV and then you see the fireplace on. Then you have those little flowers in the middle and then all those cabinets. And uh, pretty soon it's so, it's so like, oh my gosh, this is so small. I don't know how I could live in there. So what we're doing, we're eliminating them even from coming out to the house on some of these photos. And everyone thinks you have to have every single angle of a photo. You don't. We take out photos all the time that don't lend to what we want to, them to see. So like very minimalized, the photo should be very minimal? On pictures, yeah. But in, and now this, we might want all of this stuff in when we show the house. It's a real it's a real weird thing because those kind of plants, on a picture, you know, everything is, is flat. It sees it and sees it right at you. And when you're in there, you get all the dimensions of it. So it's it's sometimes we, we hide a bunch of stuff that we're gonna actually have during the listing. But you see what I'm saying about that? Look at the TV. Okay, go back one. Go back one picture. Okay, look at that 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 scene. Now look at the next one. Oh, different. Yeah, and that's that. But now that's what I'm looking at. And and the whole thing is is that you want them to look at the house. It's not like what your furniture is. You want them to see that house. And sometimes, like with this place, you can see there's a ton of built-ins. There's value in that. Sometimes, even if that house is um, vacant, it's, it's sometimes it will look really good. You know, there's some there's some classy stuff there. I mean, in that dining room, I mean, I don't think we felt that enough either. Okay, this is better. But how about the rug? Rug's got to go. For the listing, that's fine. You know, all I see is now it got super it's got super black in there because of that rug. Get that rug out of there. Makes it look bigger. 
lot of shadows. But that's it. Those are some expensive cabinets right there. I I don't I'm I'm kind of a, a a much more minimalist on the countertops even than this. They definitely cleared them off, but um, I think those groupings are even a little little too big. It's good sparkling water though, straight from northern Italy. See, there you go. <laughs> Okay, rug again, both rugs, both rugs. What about these things? Yeah, I mean, in the pictures, yeah, totally. I mean, you, you, you see them. It's just, it'll make it clear because, again, what are we trying to what are we trying to look at here? You know, if I'm sitting and eating, we're trying to make them feel like, hey, what is it when I'm sitting at that table and I'm out there? That's the view I'm going to have every day because where do people hang out? They hang out in the kitchen. Okay, what's that? What's that stuff on the bottom right? It seems like pretty bad photo. Yeah, well, yeah, and that's the thing. I think that, but I think that's that's the realtors, um, and I, I should say it. I mean, people have whatever, but that's our job to let them know. Look at the trim package on this house. I mean, this house for eight hundred and fifty grand on a freaking golf course. That's I, I think that's on the TPC course in Blaine with this type of. Um, trim package and, and the cabinetry that they have. I mean, there's no way you could build it for this kind of money. I hope Andy didn't list this house. <laughs> but it's not, I, I mean, sometimes it's not us. It's just uh, whatever. Okay, keep going. And some of these pictures are, you know, sometimes um, when you have multiple colors within a house, uh, it, it kind of distracts people. But that's a great office. Look at all those built-ins. I mean, that's a there's a lot of that's that's actually a, a good photo. But I'm telling you, that woodwork would look really good with a, a different color paint as well. And I think sometimes we get see how it went from green. Now it went to this color, and then for the other color. And when you when you do that, it just kind of confuses people again. But yeah, I think uh, uh, on this, I think. Us, us as realtors, I think it's our job to be able to tell people whether or not they want to do it or not is up to them. But um, I think it's our job in which to be able to, uh, you know, let people know this so there's not a problem later on. But this is where that that money comes from, Nick. You know, when they, you know, when you when you pay four or five percent, you know, this is what you get. They, I mean, because most people come in and say this house is amazing, and it is. It's a very very nice house. But I'll tell you what, when you package it and, and what you're what you like and what um, someone else is going to like. We want to try to attract the most amount of people because the more more people we can attract, the one that really wants it is going to be able to push it. I think that's the theme of this house. I mean, I think they did uh, really good, but I think there's just some just some little pieces that um, I don't know so much about if it, it's the house versus how it was, it's kind of portrayed. I mean, look at all that storage area that they have there. I mean, I, that that's a lot of um, stuff in that closet. I'm just not a, I'm not a big um, multi-photo of a closet. You know, you just kind of give them the feel of it. So look at the, look at the deck, the deck and all of the chips there. It's staging, big staging thing. But that's trying to create the lifestyle, you know, that you're playing on there, so. And look at all those windows off to the lakeside. I mean, this was this is a very nicely built home. You can tell. Okay, hey, back on that, Nick. So look at that that stone on there. That fireplace is nice, but look at that tile back there. It, that is something that um, for a thousand under a thousand bucks, you could have that ripped out and totally make it a twenty twenty one type tile and change the whole look of it now. You, and and then be able to get something that accents what you have already uh, on the tile on there. But you can also paint that tile right there, uh, and you can it can make it really cool. So the countertop becomes more of a um, it's still a hard surface. You're not paying a lot of money, but you paint that tile, it becomes one surface with a new cool backsplash. I mean that that could change that whole look down there. And then see those little those little the curtains on top of the windows, all the windows, you know. Those are one of the things that I always try to like get out of there or because it number one, it's covering the window up and you have so much cabinetry in this house that you can get away without that extra little decorating. That's hard. That's hard for people to do. 
because it's like, well, that's what we like and that's how we want it. But I'll guarantee you, if I went in there and I had that for a thousand dollars, I could have that shot be a huge money shot. And I think it would really help the sale. I think you'd get a lot more showings. I'd be curious how many showings these people had. There's another scene on the on the on the TV, you know. But this is definitely a yeah, I mean that's the fourth or fifth different one we've seen. Um, you know, sometimes you can get a little too many shots in here. So now I'm kind of confused again how this place lays out. That's a good one. That's just one of the entertainment. Like I got a little Pac-Man, I got a little pinball, and I can play some pool and a great buffet along the back. It's just the colors. The colors kind of got me a little. That's nice. That's clean. In the bedroom. There's a pool. Okay, so what? For, photo 49. Yeah, I didn't. I had no idea this had a pool. Yeah, and I saw a piece of it on, on one of those uh, aerial photos. But uh, I'll tell you what, the money shots with the view and then the pool. I mean, this 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 could be their main photo right here. And um, to me, what does, does that not depict the whole lifestyle in, in, no matter what? You know, That's and nice. so people, the one thing you can't change typically is the lot. The location, how it sits, what's on it, what's what's it next to, you know, and then you justify the house with them. So, I think they might have had this a little mixed up, you know, and uh, you want to kind of go after this right away, because I mean, it took us, Nick, it took us forty nine photos to find this thing. Forty nine. You didn't even know it. I mean, is that not that's not is that not a bad photo or that's nice. I mean, total lifestyle. Look at that patio. You know what that patio costs to do that patio and have that hot tub and all that utato? I mean, my God, the lot, the lot, the landscape is probably 600,000. You get throw the house in for a couple hundred. You know, it's a stucco, so I don't know if there's a problem. Um, you you want to have moisture test done on stucco ahead of time. You want to get that thing out of their head because stucco is nice, but if it's a problem, you know, it's 150 grand. So you want to make sure that you do a moisture test ahead of time. I mean, look at, I mean, is that, that good photo. Me, the photo is amazing. Wow. My goodness. Yeah. Okay. That, I, that one I would not, not have included. Nor that one. I don't even know where the house is. Where's the house? Oh, there it is. Would you put an arrow there? What's that? Yeah, I would be do a little arrow to where that house is, you know, to kind of get a feel for it. But um, I don't I don't think this benefits you at all. So <clears throat> so overall it was the is the little things or what was that that house? The with the little things? Yeah, yeah, taking out the little things or better photo placement. I, and I think the I mean, they put a big emphasis on the home when that lot is the thing that you sell. And then, I mean, getting people to think that, oh my gosh, look at this place. I can always do anything with that house. I would have accented um, a little more details, you know, of the house. You know, you could barely see that trim that was on top of the doors. Sometimes you can just go in to a video or to a photo and just take little pieces of to show that, hey, look at all this design and what we have in it. They didn't do that, you know, so you can maybe get a corner of a cabinet where those corbels were. So on that, that center island, they had some big, thick corbels that came down in braces um, that you could just snap a photo of and, and just get the, create the value. And then it leads them to the conclusion that you want is like, oh my gosh, I'm on a golf course. It's unbelievable value um, because of all, all the stuff that's in there. I've got a pool. The landscape's unreal. Well, heck, I could go hang out in the hot tub. You know, I mean, to do that landscape, all of those things combined are like, geez, who cares what the house is, you know? But I think the house some would stop you. The different colors, the furniture that's in there, too too busy, you know? And I think that house would have looked really good in person, 
versus how it was portrayed online. So I don't know who listed it. I'm not, I'm not ripping on anyone, but I'm just saying that's what I would do because that's what you're asking, right? Yeah. Yes. Do Do you miss being at the, the State Fair broadcasting? That's coming well, on right now, isn't it? It's funny. I was thinking about that this weekend, and I was like, it was like 7.30. I'm like, oh, my God, we'd be heading down to the State Fair right now, trying to find parking, walk 100 miles, and then – I don't, I don't, I don't, it's really weird, the whole radio show thing. I mean, I think after a couple of weeks, didn't even, didn't even really think about it, you know, which is, which is weird. You think around the state fair time, because it was fun. We broadcast every Saturday uh, live from the state fair. It was kind of cool to see the different people. And uh, I think for them to see the voices behind who they were, but um, I, no, I don't really miss it. Awesome. Make sure to leave us a review on iTunes, share with a friend. We're streaming on Spotify, SoundCloud, every platform for podcasting. We do three clips a week on Facebook. So if you want to see the clips, the short clips, check them out. Give us likes, thumbs up, and have a wonderful day. Hopefully Andy's back next week. We'll find him. Yeah, yeah two weeks he's done. What the heck? Ciao. Thanks for joining us this week on the Real Estate Radio Hour. Don't forget to visit our website, realestateradiohour.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast listening app. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or sharing us with a friend. Until next time, stay awesome, Twin Cities.